Today, we've got another episode of our Tacos Tuesday, where we bring on a guest expert who answers all of your top Amazon and Walmart advertising questions. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. If you're like me, maybe you were intimidated about learning how to do Amazon PPC, or maybe you think you just don't have the hours and hours that it takes to download and sort through all of those sponsored ads reports that Amazon produces for you. Adtomic for me allowed me to learn PPC for the first time, and now I'm managing over 150 PPC campaigns across all of my accounts in only two hours a week. Find out how Adtomic can help you level up your PPC game. Visit h10.me forward slash Adtomic for more information. That's h10.me forward slash A-D-T-O-M-I-C. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I'm your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show. That's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And as mentioned, this is another episode of our Tacos Tuesday, where we talk about anything and everything Amazon and Walmart advertising. And it's not just coming from us. We always like to bring outside experts on the topic. And so for this month, uh, Shivali is actually bringing on Destiny from Better AMS. And, you know, she's been on the podcast a few times, but, you know, she manages millions, tens of millions of dollars of spend out there. She really knows what she's talking about. And you guys actually had some fire questions lately on this. Like one of them was, hey, I've uh, got more than 20 different products in the same category. Uh, and it's should I run uh, the same search term target on all of my products? Uh, somebody else asked about, you know, uh, um, launch kind of techniques. Uh, there was about like 15, 20 questions in all. And we've got some of the best ones here in these clips here. So let's go ahead and let Shvali and Destiny take it away. Hello, welcome to Tacos Tuesday. We do have a very special guest for you today to answer all things Amazon advertising. So let me bring on Destiny from Better AMS. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Now, knowing what you know and all the clients you've worked with, I mean, all the experience that you have, what would you say is in 2023 the best way to maybe launch a new product? Yeah. So it's gotten so much more complex if we're being fully transparent. And that's because Amazon's realized the value of Amazon advertising and the value of their own platform. And they're making changes like weekly. I mean, there's days where I log into ad console and I'm like, that's never been there before. So if I had to give any recommendations, it'd be to really zero in on education because the platform's changing so quickly. It's not the same Amazon of six years ago. You need to stay up to date and follow really relevant content. I know it's not super actionable advice, but I think it's something that I see across the board. It's like education's the most important thing to keep up with in the e-commerce space. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, it's such a rapidly expanding space as well. Like you said, there's always new things. So as far as maybe campaign setups go, do you kind of have like um, a recommendation of... I'm sure it's different, right? Based on what kind of budget you start with. But let's say somebody has a a more limited, smaller budget. What is sort of the process that you would recommend or suggest? 
So a few of the key principles that we recommend is one, having really good structure and naming and defining that before you start launching. So a quick tip on our end is to make sure you include the ASIN into your campaign name. Amazon doesn't really give you great reporting on what search terms came from what ASIN. So every campaign we create, we put the ASIN name in there. Other small tips is we don't run multiple ad groups. The reason being is budgeting is on the campaign level. So if you have a $50 a day budget in multiple ad groups, you can't control where that budget's going. Amazon is. So it may spend all of your money on your least profitable ad group. So we run one campaign, one ad group, typically one ASIN. Now, this isn't an easy setup to scale, but what it does is it gives us a foundation for improved reporting, improved navigation of advertising console, and improved budget distribution. We can then say these ASINs get this much budget per day. Other small things that we like to include, sponsored products typically drives the highest amount of sales, which means it's more likely going to influence your ranking. We typically don't put more than 20 to 30 keywords into a campaign because, again, budget. If you have a $100 a day budget and 100 keywords, you're not going to collect data across all those keywords. It's not enough money. I think those are probably the basics I would recommend. Yeah. Um, and then as far as PPC, like, do you end up using it for review acquisition or do you end up like having people use external traffic for reviews before they go into PPC? We typically see how competitive the category is first, in all honesty. Um, PPC is one of the highest converting traffic sources you can have with Amazon. But if you're in the supplement space and it's costing you $7 a click, it's probably cheaper to drive traffic elsewhere in order to acquire reviews because your conversion rate's not going to be that high in the beginning stages when you don't have reviews. Now, if you don't know how competitive your category is, go into campaign manager, start a manual campaign, put your top five keywords in there, broad phrase and exact, and see how high the suggested bids go. Now, I know there's a lot of conflicting opinions about suggested bids and how they're not too accurate, but at the end of the day, suggested bids are an average of every single placement on Amazon. So if you see an $8 suggested bid, that's probably close to how expensive it is to win top of search, which is the highest volume traffic. So if I see my suggested bids are around $7, I'm going to be like, no, I should find other ways to drive traffic, get reviews. And then when I'm converting better, I can compete in that space. Got it. Yeah. You, you answered that question that that was going to be my next question (laughs) and where you stand on suggested bids. Cause you know, it is basically an auction. (laughs) Yeah. I can, I would like to actually, this comes up all the time in the helium 10 group and I am in the group like constantly And this is just one of those questions of like, hey, suggested bids aren't accurate. Don't believe in them. But at the end of the day, there's like over 100 different placements for any one keyword. You have the top four placements on the top of the page. You have the product detail page, which has carousel. And then you have page two, page three, page four, and page five. So suggested bids are just giving you a range of all those placements. It's not necessarily accurate, but it's an average. So on the low end, if you're paying 30 cents, you're probably going to show up on page two or three. So it's going to be profitable, but lower volume. On the high end, if it's five to $6, you're probably going to show up on the top of page one, but it's going to be less profitable because it's so expensive, but it's going to maximize your volume. So it is definitely an average and it kind of helps you see how expensive a category is, but don't give it too much weight. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, as far as let's say keywords, right? When would you say someone should switch over uh, the keywords into a negative match campaign? Yeah, so we don't typically do a lot of negative targeting, but that's because we focus strictly on bid management. And it's really 
there's a lot of variables here. If you have a $10 a day product or a $10 product in general, you can't get a hundred clicks in one order. Like that's not going to be profitable for you. So then you maybe negate that keyword. But if you have a $300 product, you can get a hundred clicks in one order. That's still going to be profitable for you. So there's a lot of different variables with conversion rate, but what I prefer to do is lower my bid because if I lower it to 10 cents, it's probably going to do the same as negating a keyword and that's going to stop the majority of your traffic, but it's still going to keep a small window open for really, really cheap bids and placements. So if you've ever heard of a catch-all campaign, everyone says, create a campaign, throw all 30 of your products in there with a 10 cent bid. It's the same purpose. It's going to allow that keyword to continue going from a really, really profitable perspective, but it's going to cut all of your wasted spend and your traffic. All right. Now I see we have a couple questions populating in, so I'm going to go ahead and showcase those. Hi, Destiny. The tacos webinar you had done one month ago was great and very helpful. I have a case where I'm facing higher CPC against the TOS, and that particular item has very loss, very less organic ranks. Yep. Whenever I try to focus on ranks, I lose a lot of money. Current strategy, I was focusing to acquire sales from video ads, broad and phrase, along with focus on product pages too. A lot of the price war is in the market too. How to increase the organic visibility for that item? This is a great question. So first and foremost, the thing that's going to drive your organic rank the most is those top of search exact match campaigns. Because you're saying, hey, I'm selling a red marker. I'm bidding on a red marker. You're driving exact traffic. You're telling the algorithm, this is where I need to be organically ranked well. Now, if your conversion rate's poor on this red marker, you're not going to rank well. So always start with understanding your conversion rate and your conversion rate relative to category. I think I talked about that in the webinar. Now, if you can't afford that, then you're probably going to need to go a little bit more long tail. I wouldn't necessarily go broad phrase or video because it's going to drive a lot less volume and it it's going to distribute your budget. So it's not going to influence your rank as much. So instead, maybe look at red marker for college students and try to incrementally increase your organic rank on those long tail terms. And then as you do, the additional sales volume from top line revenue is going to give you a little bit more wiggle room with tacos. Now, broad phrase and video are all amazing, but they're typically more profitability focused ad types. So they're not necessarily going to improve your organic rank as much as that TOS campaign. So you kind of just have to find a way to compete. You may take a loss on that, but if we go back to five to six years ago, how everyone used to rank, it was through giveaways. So they would say, Hey, I'm setting aside $3,000 worth of inventory and I'm going to give it away to people. Organic rank with PPC is the same. You're going to have to create campaigns that you're potentially going to take a loss on knowing that the long-term goal is organic rank and your tacos will balance out three to six months from now. Okay. I have another question here. It says I'm focusing on the long tail. So I believe this is the first question that we had discussed. I'm focusing on long tail with fixed bid strategies. I have a good CVR of 30% on TOS, but with such bidding type, my way of bidding is two set. The bid is around one to $2 with higher TOS in such a way it does not bring consistent sales. So will LD help you out? I'm assuming LD is lightning deal. I believe so. Yeah. So one thing I'm going to say not related to the lightning deal aspect of this question is placement modifiers are picky. If you read the rules in Amazon documentation on placement modifiers, they say that they're only going to increase the bid based off the likelihood of a sale. 
So that means if Amazon doesn't think you're going to convert, they're not going to increase your bid. And you're kind of playing with fire because you're hoping Amazon's going to increase your bid. So although there is instances where I do recommend running placement modifiers, this is one where if you're really all in on a keyword because it's amazing, just increase your bid to 10 to $15. So that way, you know, for a fact, you're going to be winning that placement and you're not relying on Amazon to hopefully increase your bid based off the placement modifier. Now, again, when I'm giving these strategies, you have to be super careful because you could bleed a ton of money and it may not make sense for you. So I want to make sure people really understand that this is a ranking strategy and you need to watch it very, very closely or else you're going to hemorrhage money and you cannot afford to win this traffic 100% of the time. Now, to get to the lightning deal portion, yes, deals and discounts in general typically help ads because your conversion rate increases. So it can make that traffic more affordable. If you're converting 30% now and then you post a lightning deal, that lightning deal badging is going to show up on your ad. They're going to see it directly at the top of search. So now you're getting maximum traffic and exposure because it's the first advertising spot a customer sees and they see that it's discounted. So traffic's going to increase, click-through rate's going to increase, and conversion rate's going to increase a ton. The, the part you're going to need to consider as a brand owner is can you afford that traffic at the top of the page, which is expensive, and at a discounted rate with a lightning deal? Possibly not. So you're going to have to be very careful around how much of a discount you can afford to achieve that form of organic rank. Thank you for answering that. So I know we talked about the conversion rate and you talked a little bit about the click-through rate. What are some KPIs, I guess, that you suggest people monitor uh, just to make sure for efficiency and that you're getting the most out of those campaigns that people are setting up? Yeah, I think the two biggest ones, in my opinion, are conversion rate and CPC. CPC is like the largest variable you can control in Amazon advertising. Like your bid is the number one first lever you should be looking at pulling when you're focusing on optimization. Budget is okay, but it really doesn't affect the campaign performance. It just stops it or makes it spend more money. Your bid is what makes it profitable. So highly, highly recommend understanding bid management before anything else when it comes to PPC and Amazon ads. And then conversion rate super important in my opinion, because that actually shows you the amount of people that land on your page and buy your product. Click-through rate's okay, but the reason I don't put too much weight into click-through rate is because it varies a ton depending on the keywords that you're targeting, similar to conversion rate, but it varies a ton by category, by products, and by your first image, which sometimes you can't control with Amazon ads. So if you have a terrible first image, your click-through rate's gonna be lower. If you have an amazing first image, your click-through rate's gonna be higher. So I don't put a lot of weight to click-through rate typically. All right, now I do have another question here. If I have more than 20 different products in the same category and the same search term, should I run PPC for all the products? Mm, this one's always like one of those questions I go back and forth on. I would say no, not typically, but it also depends on your brand goals. Typically, I would recommend starting with PPC on your top 20% highest sales driving campaigns, 80-20. But if you are launching new products and your bottom 10% needs exposure because they're brand new, you're going to want to run PPC on those. Or if some of your products are ranked in the top four, maybe you don't run ads on those because they have maximum visibility and instead you run ads on your other products. So that way you're winning all eight, the first four sponsor product placements and the first four organically ranked placements. There's a lot of variables there and it also depends on your budget. It also depends on your tacos. Um, at the end of the day, you want to maximize exposure for all of your products, but some people can't afford that. So it's not a fantastic answer to give. 
to the next question then. Do you use AB hero image testing that much in your agency? Something we are looking at is as Amazon is getting very relaxed with hero images, we have seen significant click-through rate uplifts. Do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah. So if we're talking about the actual like main image on a listing, our agency does zero creative work. We typically only work with established sellers. So we're really blessed that we don't have to kind of manage that side of the business. Um, so I can't give really honest feedback on that. Now, when it comes to like a sponsor brand ad, you can upload a lifestyle image and we do play around a lot with that testing. We have seen click through rates of upwards of a 500% increase by adding a lifestyle image to a sponsored brand ad. Now, if anyone's curious how to do this, if you've been on Amazon and you've seen the really big lifestyle images at the top of the page, that is a sponsored brand ad with a custom image uploaded. And that custom image is typically lifestyle. Those are very, very beneficial. And in general, you know, you have to have an amazing first image to make your advertising good because if your product's not converting well, your ads aren't going to convert well either. Okay. And that same person, uh, says, I love the sponsored brand videos. Brands rarely utilize this. Plus, it's the only moving graphic on the screen. I'm guessing this will rank the same as sponsored products, granted getting the granted that you're getting the orders. Or is it weighted sponsored product keywords more? Yeah. So for almost all of our brands, we maximize sponsored brands video. I mean, like every single brand has video assets running and we are targeting just as many keywords as sponsored products with the same bids, right? So in theory, they should be driving the same amount of traffic. In reality, that's not how it works. Sponsored products get uh, 10 times more clicks than sponsor brands because sponsored products don't look like an ad. So customers inherently click on them much more because that looks like an organic listing. So with that being said, and with the volume being one of the major factors in organic rank, sponsor brands video do not drive organic rank increases near as much as sponsored products. They are one of my favorite ad types. And Amazon's expanding them a ton. Amazon's now launching sponsor brands video at the very top of search. They're now launching sponsor brands video on the product detail page and off platform. You can run sponsor brands OTT ads on Fire TV and Kindle devices. So definitely, definitely if you walk away with anything from this question, invest in your videos. But when it comes to organic rank, they just can't match the volume due to customer shopping habits. Destiny, what would you say are maybe a couple tips to really help people optimize their existing campaigns? Yeah. So one of the first things I've been doing when I've been auditing brands is relying on the targeting tab. So if you go into advertising console in the top left-hand corner, you're going to see targeting under your campaign manager, something around those. And the targeting tab actually allows you to add a column for conversion rate. So if you've been in advertising console for a while, you know, we've never been given access to conversion rate on the keyword level. Well, within the targeting tab, we now have that. So that's been super, super helpful for any brand owner. Even if you don't manage PPC, even if you outsource it, go into ad console, open up your targeting tab, filter top down by spend and look at where your spend is going. Your highest spending targets should be your highest converting targets and the most aligned keywords for your products. That is like the number one quickest way to audit your brand performance. If you see that the top of your targeting tab has auto campaigns, category targeting, or product targeting, you're probably not optimizing your PPC the best way possible because it's not actually gonna improve your organic rank that much. Okay, and have you found that longer tail keywords tend to affect that conversion rate? A hundred percent. We've actually, 
you pulled a lot of data from PackView with this. PackView has a really great feature that shows you one keyword versus two keyword versus three versus four versus five. Four to five word keywords typically convert way, 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 way better than everything else because they're so precise. So instead of targeting red markers, I'm now targeting red markers for college art students, which means anyone who's typing that in knows exactly what they're looking for. So it's a lot more aligned. So your conversion rate's higher. Your CPCs are typically cheaper because Sharpie's not doing that type of keyword research. That takes a lot of time. So you're going to see a lot more profitable results. Now you can't drive as much volume. Most customers are typing in red marker, but it's really, really profitable for you. Got it. And let's say that um, maybe I wanted to increase my impression share or my click share on Amazon. How can I do that? Would that be by incorporating more um, more long tail keywords or would it be I'm measuring a different KPI? Yep. So impression share is one of my new favorite KPIs that we use when it comes to like a market share play. And there's kind of this little caveat with impression share that if you think about how at Amazon advertising placements are on the page. As a customer, you always see the first headline search ad and the first four sponsor product placements. You cannot shop on Amazon without seeing those placements. So if you want to increase your impression share, all you have to do is bid high enough to win those first four placements on the page. Now, some people don't believe me when I say this, and I'm always like, go into your campaign right now. Choose one exact match keyword and put a $40 bid. I guarantee you if it's a relevant keyword within five to 10 minutes, you're going to be the first ad on the page. Now, again, don't go set a $40 bid and then complain to me that your ACOS is high and you lost a lot of money. But at the end of the day, it's that easy to have precise targeting on Amazon. Um, someone actually sent me this Instagram question for this Ask Me Anything. They said, you know, how do you directly control placements? We do it by creating one campaign, one ad group, one keyword. So if I want to win red marker 90% of the time and I'm selling a red Sharpie, all I have to do is set a $40 bid and I'm going to win it almost 90% of the time. It's that easy to control placement potential. Okay. I also have another question here from Umer. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Have you worked on VCPM and how did they perform for you and which type of audience or contextual targeting worked well for you? This is a fantastic question. Um, I want to kind of give some context on view CPM. So traditional advertising with Amazon is typically pay-per-click. So someone clicks on your ad and then you're charged. View CPM means you're charged every single time someone views your ad and a thousand views, I think is typically when we're charged. Now there's one really interesting rule within view CPM campaigns and it's that a customer only has to view the ad for one second. That's it. View it for one second. And why this is important to know is say you're on someone's product detail page and you quickly glance at an ad below, but you don't actually look at it. And then you go buy that product later, that ad's getting attributed the sale, which isn't necessarily accurate because one second's not a lot at all. I spend so much time on product detail pages and I view the carousel, but it doesn't actually mean I paid attention or clicked on the ad. So View CPM performance is usually amazing. You'll typically see an amazing ACOS and an amazing ROAS at the campaign level. And then you realize that's inflating your performance because someone probably bought that product organically, but viewed your ad for one second, which inflated your performance. So that's something that I would kind of recommend when it comes to View CPM. It's majorly, majorly inflated and probably cannibalizing your organic a little bit. 
Naeem asks, do you suggest to run auto campaigns? If so, do you recommend targeting each match type in separate ad group? Um, this was like one of the first big strategies I rolled out in Helium 10 was to run these separately. So we run auto campaigns for almost every single product and we continue to run auto campaigns, even when all of our manual campaigns are set up just with lower bids and lower budgets, because they are great for data collection. So yes to that, um, close and loose match are typically what's going to drive the more profitable terms because they're usually more related Complements and substitutes are typically broader terms, more category terms that aren't as related. So again, if I'm targeting red marker and complements or substitutes, I may show up for art supplies. So it's not as aligned, typically not as profitable, but we continue to run them because it's great for keyword research. It's going to constantly do a lot of that work for us and give us new terms to target. Thank you. We also have view CPM shows more orders than in real. So how do we understand how many orders we really had? So I actually think that as of right now, there's a slight glitch with an ad console where you'll see different performance in the targeting tab. Like if you open up the targeting tab, I'm pretty sure they're showing data for view CPM on a pay-per-click level attributed to the click. So that's one way to show is pull up your targeting tab and see if your ACOS is different for that campaign within targeting tab versus the campaign name. Um, the targeting tab, I think, shows you attributed on the click the campaign shows you attributed on the view. At the end of the day though, like Amazon's not lying about your data. They are real orders, but they're orders that probably would have came in anyways organically and you didn't necessarily need that ad. So we still run view CPM, but we are very honest to clients. We're not gonna go tell a client, hey, yeah, this campaign's running at a 5% A cost. All your others at a 40, it's a hack. That's not true. It's just being attributed different, like a similar to a regular display model. All right. Umer asks, what about the contextual or audience targeting? Has that worked well for you? I'm talking about the UCPM. Yep. A hundred percent. Now you got to remember when you're starting to get into display targeting, you're usually moving up the funnel. So Amazon advertising is super powerful because you know, if someone types in red marker, they're looking for a red marker. Like they typed it in, they're going to buy it. So that's why PPC is so powerful. As we're moving into sponsored display, you're actually going out and finding customers and bringing them to you. So now I'm going and saying, hey, you didn't type in red marker, but you bought paint supplies six months ago. So I'm assuming you're into art. So I'm going to make sure you know about my product. It's more disruptive. So with that, it changes performance. So contextual targeting is kind of moving up the funnel a little bit. And it's going a little bit broader. Now, if you want to stay bottom of the funnel, remarketing is typically what's going to perform best as with any other platform. You're saying, hey, you already viewed my product or my competitor's product. I'm serving you an ad. I know you're looking for markers. And then contextual targeting is where you're going to start moving into like lifestyle and all these different variations. And they can all perform well, but they're probably not going to be super profitable. This should not be an ACOS campaign. This should be a campaign looking at impressions, clicks, detailed page views, and things like that to indicate what's good performance for you. All right, let's switch some gears and talk a little bit about competitor targeting as well. So how do you really determine which products maybe you want to run specific ads for that are not your own products? Yep. So if we think about a customer, if I'm looking at Coke, like Coca-Cola products on Amazon, and I'm served a Pepsi ad, I'm probably not interested in Pepsi. I typed in Coca-Cola and I'm looking at a Coca-Cola product detail page. 
product targeting should be viewed in a similar fashion in that it's going to be really hard to get a customer to go, hey, you're looking at my competitor, but I want you to buy my product. Now, as a customer, there's a few things that typically make us make that decision, a lower price point. So if you have a lower price point than all of your competitors, you should put them into a competitor targeting campaign. If you have a competitive advantage, maybe they only have the blue color and you have red, show your product under their listing and run competitor targeting. If they have poor reviews, maybe they got a one-star review that really lowered their average ratings, show up underneath them. Those are typically the three biggest things that we run competitor targeting on. Review advantage, price advantage, competitive advantage. And then if we're feeling really, really competitive and we have some money to spend, we'll start looking at things like, hey, I'm selling baby wipes, let's target diapers. And that way you can get a customer to buy both, like similar to a frequently bought together section. Awesome. What about branded campaigns? Are there perks to it? Why would someone want to run a branded campaign? Yeah. So branded campaigns are incredibly, incredibly valuable because if someone's going to your going to Amazon and typing in your brand name, you want to show them your products immediately. And everyone's like, well, I'm already ranked well. Why would I run ads? And the reason being is if you're not running ads, your competitor is. And you don't want to lose market share to that competitor. Now, if you have a super limited budget, I would say focus on non-branded first because you can assume if a customer is typing in your brand name, they're more than likely going to buy your branded product. I just don't like to take the risk that they're going to type in my brand name and buy my competitor's products because they're running ads on my page. Good point. I have some questions for my Instagram that we can dive into as well. Yes, sure. Campaign structure and ranking, single keyword versus multi-keyword, single ASIN versus multi-ASIN. So we almost always run single ASIN because again, I like control. I don't like Amazon being able to decide where they're spending my money. If you have 20 ASINs in a campaign, you can't control what ASINs get the most volume. Even if one is way more profitable, you have no control. So that's why we run single ASIM. And then when it comes to single keyword campaigns, we do run single keyword campaigns for the keywords that are most important for us. Because again, I want to control my budget a hundred percent. You know, someone mentioned, Hey, it's so expensive for this keyword. Well, that's fine. Let's only give that keyword a hundred dollars a day then, because we can't afford to give it a thousand dollars a day. So I want to be able to control my budget. Now at scale, single keyword campaigns are a pain. Like anyone who actually is doing great keyword research does not want 3,000 single keyword campaigns running in their account. It's not scalable. Campaign naming is terrible. It doesn't look fantastic. So we only do this for our most expensive, highest volume keywords. As far as the styles of different um, advertising, is there one that drives more volume, would you say? Like sponsored products or sponsored display? Yep. So we invest in all ad types like maximizing all ad types. Like every single one of our brands is running sponsored display, contextual targeting, audience targeting, remarketing, DSP, sponsored products, sponsored brands, sponsored brands, video, everything. And still to this day, sponsored products drive around 75 to 80% of overall sales. And that's because they have more placements and better placements than anything else. Sponsored brands typically drives around 10 to 15% of traffic. So if you're not running those, you're leaving money on the table. And sponsor brands allows you to advertise multiple products for the price of one click. So it can be very efficient. Sponsor brands video typically drives around five to 10% of additional advertising traffic, but it's a little bit limited based on inventory. There's not a lot of placements on the page for it. So you can kind of max it out. 
Sponsored display is typically like another five to 10%, depending on how you're distributing your budgets, but it's usually not quite as profitable because it's against more competitive ad type and you're moving up the funnel. Another question I got is what's the best way to track organic and paid relationship from a ranking point of view? This has been, I feel like one of the biggest questions that everyone's trying to solve. Um, in all honesty, because at the end of the day, you can lose money on ads, but as long as your ranking is increasing, you can still continue to be really, really profitable. And someone mentioned, I, I did a webinar on tacos a while ago, and this is exactly what we talked about is how you can use your ads to improve your organic rank. So what we have been relying on for right now, just due to limited KPIs is tacos. So what we want to see is if we increase our advertising spend, ideally our organic sales are also increasing. So our tacos is staying the same. So we've been relying on tacos on the ASIN level to really track month over month changes. If our tacos increases, we either have less efficient spend or organic rank decreased. And that's how we've been balancing. If you really want to get into the weeds, if you're really advanced, you're going to start layering in things like search query performance report saying, hey, if I spend more money on this keyword, does my brand share also increase for that keyword? But that's a really new and really, really complex to get into. What do you recommend someone does if they have too high of an ACoS? Yep. So I think the first thing is to identify why is your ACoS high? Is your ACoS high because your bids are too high? Look at your CPCs. Or is your ACoS high because your conversion rate is too low? And then once you identify those problems, you can figure out the right solution. If your bids are too high, just lower your bids. If your conversion rate's too low, you need to improve your targets and or improve your listing. And a great way to understand your listing conversion rate is to go into Advertising Console and to look at brand metrics. Brand metrics shows you your overall conversion rate relative to your whole category. They give you your category average and your category top conversion rate. So you can say, hey, within art supplies, I have a 20% conversion rate. Average conversion rate's 30%. I need to improve my listing. We have another question here. What about defensive product ads? I mean, targeting one's own products with different other products from our own catalog. Is that profitable? And what's your experience with it? This is 100% a strategy we recommend. Um, they're typically pretty profitable. Now there's a few things you want to look at here. So for example, if I have a $50 product and a $20 product, I probably don't want to show my $20 product on my $50 product because now people are going to be like, why would I buy this expensive one with a higher, maybe it's a higher quality or higher quantity count. And then they're going to just buy your $20 product. So be very careful with like your pricing here. But at the end of the day, it's a great opportunity to cross-sell your products. It also defends those placements so that way your competitors aren't showing up there. That's kind of the main reason to do it is because you don't want your competitors winning that placement. I would rather have my own products that are less profitable than my competitors' products that I'm just going to completely lose. Um, but a few ways to be more strategic around it is, for example, if I'm selling protein, maybe I want to sell my pre-workout under that listing so that way they buy both instead of one or the other. It's like, how do you increase your overall kind of order quantity in basket quantity um, over anything else? But the simplest answer is you should run these to protect that market share so your competitors don't win that placement. Thank you for answering that. We also have, if you rank well with the help of PPC, what strategy can we use to reduce PPC costs if you're appearing twice organically uh, and for PPC on the same page? 
Great question. So Simply, the CEO of Simply Modern, which I believe is the largest drinkware company on Amazon, did a really great case study on this where they basically cut their advertising by like 70% just to see what would happen. And his findings were organic ranking did decrease. So that's something that's just kind of like, be careful of that. But you can watch it really closely. And if your organic rank starts decreasing, then you can kind of re-increase your bids for those terms. So that's what we typically do. So there's different softwares. PackView um, does this where the moment you're in the top four organically, you can lower your bids and budgets for those keywords. So that way you're not cannibalizing your sales. And then if your organic rank starts to drop, you can return on and increase your bids and budgets for those keywords. So that way you're again showing up higher volume, which will increase your organic rank again. So it's kind of a really healthy push pull between your ad spend and your organic rank on the keyword level. We have... This question, what will be your launching strategy for a new product in the betting category? Yeah, so betting's another interesting category where it comes to how you vary your listings. This is one where we're typically going to focus on, like, from a search volume perspective, most people in the betting category actually search by color and then size. So this is an area where we're going to segment by our, you know, dominant variations in that area. And then for betting, unless you have a lot of capital, it's an, it's an expensive category. We manage in this category and top of search can be very, very expensive. So if you don't have an established product, you're probably going to need to go more long tail. You're going to need to focus on your competitive advantage and slowly gain volume before going after your top of search. Now, if you have a competitive advantage, like maybe you have a licensee, maybe you're selling like Mickey Mouse betting, that's going to give you an advantage and you're going to be able to go after that niche target market with your long tail keywords. We have Zhang here asking, we're getting so many impressions and clicks, but not really any sales. So what could be the probable reason for that? Let's pretend we're a customer of Amazon. What are the reasons you click on a ASIN, but do not buy? Like as a general shopper on Amazon, why would you click on a listing, but not buy a product? Number one is typically price. They can find a cheaper product elsewhere. Number two is the listing doesn't look real. You know, there's typically something going on in the listing. Maybe it's a poor listing or you have misspellings or it's not related. Like those are going to turn a customer away. Maybe you don't have enough reviews. That's another reason. If you're getting impressions and clicks, your PPC is doing its job. It's driving traffic, but your listing is not doing its job because people are landing on it and not purchasing. So if you're in this situation, I almost always look at my listing. Now you could be targeting bad targets. You know, maybe again, I'm selling a red marker and maybe I'm targeting blue pencils. No one's going to convert for that because they're looking for blue pencils. They're seeing a red marker. They're going to click, see, I don't have that and click out. So those are the two things I would look at first. All right. Let's say there's a brand new listing in terms of exposure. What would you suggest uh, for that listing to get the maximum amount of exposure? So sponsor product, manual campaigns, broad phrase and exact I would segment out in this situation. I would focus on sponsored brand ads because it's the top placement on the page. It's the first ad anyone sees. I'd focus on sponsored brands video because they're going to tell a better story about our product. And then I would run, run sponsored display product targeting on all of my top competitors that I have a slight advantage over. Well, I believe that's us getting to the end of this session. Now, I did see one more question here. Let's make sure. 
Now I see Naeem said, amazing session. I had so many questions to ask. We love to hear that. Unfortunately, I'm at work now. So is there a way to send in questions afterwards? Well, as Destiny mentioned earlier, she is in our Facebook groups. So make sure that you go to those groups and you leave your questions. So that way we can get them answered. Destiny, thank you so much for being here and taking the time to really answer everyone's questions. I've also learned quite a bit with this session. So appreciate you and I'm sure I will see you soon. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Thank you so much, Shivali and Destiny, for bringing that to us. Remember, every single month we have a different expert. I want you guys right now, even though it's, you know, middle of end of or end of February almost, uh, start getting your questions ready for next month's Tacos Tuesday in March. We'll have another expert who is going to answer any kind of questions you have. Sponsor display. Uh, DSP sponsored products, you know, maybe you're new to Walmart advertising, start writing those questions down and then give it to us live. Or you can actually tag me in the Facebook group and, um, I'll go ahead and start, you know, tallying them so that I can ask our expert next month, those questions. I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye now.